How's everyone doing today? Welcome back to, I guess, normalcy. I mean, is anything still abnormal besides people's eating habits? I'm not home. What? Oh, it's true. Um, there's this virus going around. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Too. <laughs> That's still there. Uh, that was one of the funniest points that somebody made. That's like, how oh, we go back to normal? Normal still COVID. that's our normal at the moment so really not normal it's just what we perceive as normal for the past year back to that normal fucking the ice age anymore that's true don't have to defend (laughs) the fire (laughs) i love how i love how texas was so fucking even covid said hey yo dog go chill chill (laughs) nobody give a fuck about covid during that period oh no one like I've seen people, I've seen people. Hey, yo, someone, come over to my house. I got, I got, I got air. I got like thirty people in here, but it's okay. Yeah, the like, more Man. the better. We need the body heat. <laughs> the day the sun came back and I could drive again, I went to the convenience store to buy this beer. I completely forgot to put on my mask. I just strolled in there like. I <laughs> Jay just getting COVID tested tomorrow. Nobody worry in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone else had a mask. I was the asshole. <laughs> Bro, that's a thing, man. I still can't get over it. There's like, you know, there's requirements of these masks, but half the goddamn time I walk to these stores, you got that person who's not wearing a mask who you know the store clerks don't want to tell to wear a mask. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be like, wise. So, so I'm just like, what's the point? What's the point? If you, if you let one slip, you might as well let them all slip. Yeah. And it's funny because I went to LaGrange and the rules were vastly different there because I like I went to H-E-B and the same thing that happened to JJ. I like completely forgot my mask and I'm like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? Like, I can't go into the store. Meanwhile, I'm seeing like 40 people walk in maskless in fucking folly boots and shit. It's it's a very it's a rural Texas town. They don't give a fuck. When I was back at home, I went to yeah. a quick trip, right? And literally, paste, you can't even see through the door. It has mask required. I'm not yeah. a single goddamn mask in that place. No, yeah, they all had the signs on the door. No one was enforcing that shit. We'd been going through enough. Nobody was going to be that asshole <laughs> during that time. It was, it was definitely an exhausting week. And speaking of exhausting... We're reviewing uh, Judas and the Black Messiah here today. It's not exhausting in the bad way. It's just, it to me, this movie was like watching a little bit of a horror movie. Because I know <laughs> I'm familiar with the with the history. Yeah. Um, I mean, Fred Hampton, when we did Top 5 Black People last year, it was number 5. Um, How do you all feel like with the overall about this movie? I mean, I loved it. Very much. I was just happy to see a fucking Fred Hampton movie because I've I've always felt like Fred Hampton was that third missing piece of like that civil rights uh, trinity of like MLK and Malcolm X. I always thought Fred Hampton should have been lumped in with those two, but he wasn't around very long. And you no, know, no, that was re-watching and this movie the- explains why. Because <laughs> unlike those other two, you know, their whole methods were you know MLK all about peace. You know, which not much you could really do with that because he was all about that shit. And that was kind of the, the way we got shit to the way it was. Malcolm X was just like, fuck everybody, black people only leave us the fuck alone. We can leave. We can stay. Just don't fuck with us or we will kill you. That was Malcolm X's whole thing. And Fred Hampton was like squash really all of that. It's like, nah, man, it's the system. Like it oppresses us all. 
in different ways. We need to stick together, all of us, white, black, Hispanic, to topple those motherfuckers. And that was the wrong view to have back then with fucking J. Edgar Hoover as the head of the FBI because, yeah, that method would have worked. There's that no doubt in my mind. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Piece of shit. But, like, yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, it's, I always felt like his message was almost stronger than both Malcolm and MLK's message. His message would have toppled some shit. And that's the reason why they thought of him as such a threat. And I thought that was a very fascinating story that had never been told. I mean, um, much to Tommy's point, this was, because I got some feelings on this movie, um, but I mean, it's just, it's it's such a different perspective. And one where like, um, this is not a spoiler or anything, but um, as he's getting together, all these different groups of people, like you realize he's like, oh shit. Yeah, it's not just about the system. It's just about, hey, we're poor. All, <laughs> all of us are all of us are trying to just be out here and survive, and we have one common enemy that's making it fucked for all of us. And they were terrible, right? And so it was such an interesting dynamic because, like you said, I felt like Fred Hampton was kind of more in the middle, right? He was like true, like he wasn't he wasn't all soft, like I'm okay, right? You right. Know, go sit there, get your face punched in. Wasn't like that. He wasn't a let's go shoot up. <laughs> he was just, hardcore Malcolm. He was just like, hey, like he tinged on he tinged on hardcore, but he was passionate right. for his people, right? It was not like very passionate in terms of, and you could see that they're doing like genuine good, right? Like, like I love um excuse me about the burp right there. Um I love how right out the gate it establishes that a these this is not just a radical group like they're establishing pro like breakfast programs and and things to help out the community and that's their primary objective they're not just sitting here like you know preaching to preach um but this movie was very very like i think that friend Hampton got done a lot of justice and i think there's plenty of areas to talk about in this but i enjoyed it overall i i do have one feeling but outside of that Really, really good. Uh, JJ? I also kind of felt like you, Marco. Yeah. I don't know where my fingers go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In the sense that I was vague, I'm vaguely familiar with the history. And as I was watching it, I had that reaction that I said I was going to have, where it's like I'm halfway through it and I'm like, oh, shit, no. I know where this is going now. (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, also to Tommy's point, I feel that like Fred Hampton's message was sort of that little like missing piece, that one part of history that, you know, the school teaches MLK a lot, Malcolm X a little. That's it. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Two pages. We'll leave. Yeah, yeah. These dudes existed. They did shit. Yeah. Well, everything about the eighties were crazy. Is <laughs> really overly simplified to something that's digestible. And then uh, through the course of this movie, I, I really looked at a lot of the history, and this didn't come out till like ten years after, like. His wife had to fight the courts for yeah. 15 years or something like that. And the, well, they and that actually is even in the epilogue of the movie. But uh, 
they denied everything. They were just like, they played it the way that a police shooting today happens. They were like, oh, they shot first. Everything's terrible, despite all the evidence, like ballistic wise, being that's not true. Uh, they just played it off. And I mean, when, if you think it was easy to get away, now, it's easy to get away now with like, oh man, um, guys shouldn't have done that. Now that's why he's dead. It's a lot easier when all you have is a couple black and white images. And that's the story being given everywhere. And yeah. like this was, I think if they, there's a couple that broke into the FBI building that prove COINTELPRO exists. And that's the reason why we know the truth of everything. Oh yeah. FBI sucks, <laughs> by the way. Well, you know, I can't, J. Edgar Hoover's FBI was a, was the worst fucking thing. One of the worst things in this fucking country. It's no telling like the dirt and the skeletons from when that motherfucker was in charge. Like it, it's ridiculous. And that he should be fucking eliminated from history. He is such a piece of shit. And I hope he's rotten in hell, which he probably is. So as a, as a funny note, because this movie does start off with a speech by Edgar Hoover. I thought that was Robert Duvall. Come to find <laughs> yeah. out. It's Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> under, under some of the creepiest fucking makeup I've ever seen in my life. He looked like a penguin, man. <laughs> He straight up looked like he was auditioning for the next Batman movie. <laughs> the Penguin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he gives a. I'm, I may get a little bit blurred up. I saw this movie before the apocalypse. Same uh, right. Yeah. Same. <laughs> but he um, goes on to say that basically they were looking at America sociologically and they were saying we need to stop the black messiah, the black leader that was going to come and challenge the way the status quo. And they identified several people as them, uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, uh, Huey P. Newton, who's actually the founder of the Black Panthers, and they dealt with all of them. And that was one of the most tragic things that I didn't know before this movie is that he only lived to be 21. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like that message, man, like, of course, was a, of course, under that America with that motherfucker in charge, Jed, who, of course, he was only going to live to see 21. Because like I said, I, I feel like his message just struck more of a chord with a it certain was... group than more so than maybe MLK, probably definitely more so than Malcolm X. But it, it was that danger of unification. Like it, it was no like when he said like people. He said people a lot. He didn't say black people. He said people. And that was the shit that they didn't like. And that was the shit they felt like they had to get rid of. They called him the black Messiah for a reason. I mean, it's this one thing where like, there's this point in the movie where he gets a group, a certain group of individuals who you never think would be working (laughs) like a group of black people, right? Yeah. And and once you realize he was able to find a common ground with them, it's so interesting. <laughs> that could almost up. be a movie in itself, and it's three scenes, right? Right. It's just real quick. Real, like, you could have you could have elaborated so much on that, right? Yeah. But it's but that's one thing, and who they're going against just makes me like almost like a you know what is it uh. Mexilence, uh alternate universe version of like, hey, like, what world would it be like if he hadn't been caught at twenty one, right? If he got that same level of 
spoke um, level of platform as, you know, MLK, Martin Luther King at the time, right? Or if this were in history books the entire time, like how much impact would that knowledge have really like, you know, extrapolated out? Just because even today, like, that's still kind of hard to get every, like, yeah. It took the most recent years, like, where people were just like, yo, like, come on, we gas to get together. Cause, or at least we were, black people were like, hey, yo, look, come on, like, y'all, like, we need more people on our side, lots more movements and more, more visualization. But that's 2020, like, that's 2020, 2019, 2021, very, very recent. There's a gap imagine if that gap had had that knowledge base right that's like i just came i like to me that's one of the most fascinating things that they were like through and i'm just like whoa how was that possible like like and you can tell from his execution mindset and kind of what for hampton was confidence like like, there was not a moment of doubt in this movie right like he had a couple areas of weakness in terms of like, you know, when he was getting out of prison, when he saw somebody like, you know, when he saw the um, building, you know, in shambles, but confidence in his voice when he was talking to people, never lacking. Never, never. That, no. And that confidence was, I mean, for someone who is against what he was for, that is frightening because he stepped into a fucking white supremacist meeting and just owned the room. And there was mm-hmm. nothing you could tell him. He was like a guy that, he has a secret that no one else knows, but you want to know that secret. So you will listen to him to try to figure out that secret. And once he told you what he was about, it was, wasn't much anybody could fucking say. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's, fuck, he's right. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? <laughs> you can't do shit with that. Nothing. Now, I, to me, like I said, I feel like that's more powerful almost than MLK. I felt like MLK was mostly just speaking to white people. That's who MLK was speaking to. Which was good, which that's precisely what we needed. But Fred Hampton was speaking to everyone. And I think that fact of him speaking to everyone, I think that, like like you said, what if he wouldn't have died? What if that message that he had, what if he would have been as big as Malcolm X or MLK? And that message was around. He was on fucking T-shirts and posters and all that shit. Could you imagine? Like, I feel like we would be a lot farther ahead than where we are now. I mean... Shoot, he would have he would have made sure the police wave was known from day one, right? Yeah. Like he hated like, the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane to think. Um, but you know, that's a lot on the overall messaging and things yeah. of that nature. But I mean, we just go almost not scene by scene, but like you know, that first portion of the movie. Um uh and, <clears throat> excuse me, for those uh who are going into this movie thinking this is the Frank Hammond show, he's not the main character. He's not no. Um, to, but, and, and, and excuse me, to the day I say he's not even the most interesting character. No. Shockingly, <laughs> she's not. That's the segue we were about to make because from J. Edgar Hoover, it actually goes to uh, I guess the Judas of the plot, um, yeah. <laughs> Lakeith Stanfield playing Bill O'Neill. Yes, yeah, he played it perfectly, played it outstandingly. That, I always like Keith Stanfield. Like he was always one of those actors. I'm like, I like this, especially from Atlanta, because that's one of my favorite shows, and he's probably my favorite character on that show. But just like outside of that's a comedic role, and to see him like this kind of solidified it for me that okay, I know this dude is he's for real, for real. He's got so much talent. He's very talented. 
And fuck, and fuck Charlemagne the God. He is not a hoe, Charlemagne. You are a hoe and you wear makeup. <laughs> Man, um, Lakeith's been on a little bit of a roll between this, Sorry to Bother You, Knives Out. Man, like this is just a cherry on top for him. Yeah. These are the get out boys. They're doing good. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're doing good. Um, but in this role, you have... Bill O'Neill, William O'Neill, right? Um, who granted, so a lot of this got put into even more context when you learn that William O'Neill is actually 17 or like a teenager at the time, you know, right? And I was like, now nah, I got feelings on William O'Neill. You're supposed to have feelings, but you are. It's not just a thing the way you come in, like, oh, this snitch motherfucker right here. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a little bit more nuanced than that now. Because if you put yourself in his fucking position at that time, not knowing what you know now, of course, in retrospect, just at that particular time in that corner, I mean, what would you? You don't know what the fuck you would do. You could sit here and say, oh no, I wouldn't ever do that. No, fuck that. You don't know what you would do if you were in his position at that time. He, there was that one movie with The Rock and fucking Shane from The Walking Dead where The Rock's kid like has weed mailed to him because his friend talks him into it and it's just like it's just entrapment by the cops by the yeah. by the FBI uh, or whoever the hell it is what ATF I don't know who it is but it's just entrapment to like alright we got you for mailing weed you can either give up your friend or you can do all the time. Like, and it's kind of this, they're still pulling this shit is the point I'm trying oh, to yeah. make. Yeah, they're yeah, still doing sure. this crap. <laughs> I think the movie's literally called Snitch, looking it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I was thinking of it. Yeah, it is. It's called Snitch. So very appropriate, JJ, for this particular <laughs> movie. But yeah, if you've seen the movie Snitch, that's what they got Bill O'Neill wrapped yeah. up in. They they got him for something minor. Well, not really minor, but <laughs> stealing cars. He also <laughs> he also looked fly. He looked cool from the beginning until he's in handcuffs. Like it was just like yeah. he goes in flashing the badge, big hat, and it's um, so he makes an impression on you because he he doesn't have uh, revolutionary confidence, but he does have the confidence to be like, oh. This guy's going to be cool. And if you don't know anything about the history, because you follow this guy throughout the movie, you don't know what he's going to do in the conflict. I mean, he literally gets pressured by, uh, one second. Roy, uh, Roy Mitchell. Roy Mitchell, yeah. To be like, oh, you're starting to believe this shit. And, I mean, the movie does play it one way a little bit more heavy than the other, but you don't know exactly what's going to happen, because you can tell he... I mean, because he's acting so well that he is feeling more and more conflicted as this movie goes on. Yeah. And the thing that I loved about it is like when he's around fucking Roy Mitchell, you can see just the nervousness and the like, I don't know how much longer I could keep doing this shit. Meanwhile, when he goes in there, that motherfucker owns the room. Like, it's not a Mm -hmm. doubt in your mind. Like, oh, no, he's down. Like, no, ain't worried about Bill. Like, he's, he's straight. Like, that motherfucker's down, down with this. And in reality, like, he will leave, as soon as he leaves them, you see, like, just the conflict on his face, like, fuck this, man, I don't, I don't know how much longer I could keep this up. And I think that shit was the most fascinating part of that. 
Uh, Roy Mitchell, uh, just to backtrack and give a little context, is going to be the handler for the sit, snitch in this. And was he FBI or just a local cop? It kind of FB, FBI in the movie, yeah. yeah. FBI, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's FBI in in history, in real life too. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. Right. And the thing the, about and, the one and, thing was that uh, Bill O'Neill was like a career criminal. That was the one thing. Like the reason the FBI showed up, like in his case. Because in the movie, they just show him, like, carjacking, like, at a bar. So it's like, why would the FBI get involved with this? In in real life, I believe he went over state lines. So that's why the FBI got... But uh, Roy Mitchell was familiar with him already. Like, he had caught him several times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The movie in reality, yes, they were they were very familiar with each other for fucking decades. So, you know, but this movie makes it seem like, okay, you know, I got busted and this fucker in a nice suit walks in and basically says, Hey, you can go to jail for uh, like ten plus years or you can be free right. as free as a bird. We just need you to do one little thing. Like that's how it's presented to him. So it's like one option's like, oh fuck, I don't want to go to prison for ten years. All I have to do is just join the Black Panther Party. Okay, that seems easy enough. I'll I tell you what that I shit on my own. <laughs> most people probably would have. The way it's presented, most people probably would have. But yeah. on top of that, I fucking that, the character of Roy Mitchell to me was probably the most fascinating for at least half the movie. There to was me. A, there was a lot of people that leave the movie thinking he's the villain, and I didn't think he was actually like. He's, they don't the way they present him, no. Like it's yeah, he's not a villain. He it's just it's a he's he, almost he, as much shit. a victim as as as, uh, as Bill. Bill is, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. almost it's almost very similar. And the fact that he does do some shit in here that kind of takes it over that edge, you're like, Yeah, you are kind of a piece of shit, Roy. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like it starts off like, no, it is actually some good in this dude from the way he like even treats Bill, invites him into his house and, you know, like, no, you're a guest. Like, it and was no... We just saw the dude's brother be like, nah, we don't, we don't allow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, and he, he breaks his whole philosophy down of how he feels, and I don't agree with it, but you can see how he agrees with it, how he's like, you know, we just can't have the violence. Like, yes, I would like peace for everybody. I will, you know... I want black people to be able to get along with everyone. That's what I truly want, but you can't do it this way. Like the Black Panther Party, the menaces, like, no, they're, they're terrorists. No, you can't do it this way. It needs to be a different way to do it, but he was okay with the, the goal. It seemed like he was okay with the goal. He just wanted it done his way, not so much the way Fred Hampton was doing it. And that's, some- that's kind of the confliction. It's like, well, this is the way it needs to be done. You don't know that because you're white and privileged. This is the only way it can get done. So it's just kind of this misguidedness in him too, but at the same time, yeah, he does suck. <laughs> when, it comes, when it comes down to it, he does. There is something that happens in the, about the second or third act that does kind of make him more complicit with everything that happens. But um, I, I do agree with Tommy that he was a very interesting character, and I just, uh, man, I don't know if I've seen Jesse Plemons in anything before. Really, really, yeah, I'm. I can't. Bad? He was in Breaking Bad. I didn't see Breaking Bad. He has a very interesting face. Um, no, Mark. that was Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> he's been in some other Margo, stuff that I've seen, but yeah, but like he's he's one of those that kind of like just camouflages into the background. 
Yeah, yeah, he's a character actor, and he's probably one of the better ones. Now he reminds me of like a, a Richard Jenkins, just a young Richard Jenkins, to where you're gonna see him in a lot of shit, doing a lot of different shit. But he's probably gonna knock it out the park every time. I mean, I mean, if we're just gonna focus on his character, we can just talk about when he gets confronted by J. Edgar Hoover, and it's like, that's great, you're doing a great job. And he was already pissed off, I, be- I believe, at that point because there was more than one informant, and he wasn't yeah. aware of it. Um, so he was worried about his guy because the other informant was talking about boiling people alive and shit like that. Yeah. Um, and then it goes, all right, no, don't worry about it. We got it. Case closed. They, they meet some sort of uh, conclusion. And then he's like, hey, um, how would you feel about your daughter dating a black person? Like, what are you going to do? Nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just goes from smiling awkwardly. Like, what what do you mean? Like, what what's going on? And that's kind of when the... I guess his elbow gets twisted a little. Like he becomes more of an active uh, participant it, at that point. It's almost like Jay Gahuba was like, "Okay, whose side are you really on here, motherfucker? You better be all in on us. I don't know no more of this one foot over here, one foot over here. You're with us. You do what the fuck I say. You're a white man. You're an FBI agent. <laughs> yeah, no niggas allowed. Basically." <laughs> It's that, almost like Hoover was a Sith Lord because he knew exactly what well, the fuck to say to turn him. Yeah. <laughs> he was a real life Sith Lord. Really, that motherfucker was Palpatine. He was probably the inspiration for, for Senator Palpatine. Like, he's a piece of shit. Well, my only thing with um, Roy was that be, for the way, I guess I wanted a little more time on that conflict, right? Because um, for the way it. It didn't really brew on him that much. He's not the main focus or anything like that. But they kind of took him one way. And then it, it was... I wanted not necessarily more clarity, but just a little more... Like I was like, okay, you're almost there with the complexity. I kind of understand where your real mind is, kind of where you're at. Because, like, I mean, up until that point, he was saying a lot, but, you know, um, he, he was saying quite a bit. Uh but you never had that like one-on-one time with himself. Like what's he kind of going on through his head, things of that nature. Um, I didn't need anything like long or like vocal, just something more subtle to himself for, for me to fall into that arm twist a little bit more. Um, but that said, I mean, he really, I mean, I was sitting there, I was like, damn, he really out here throwing your, what is it? Younger than a year, your old daughter. Yeah, your baby right? daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, under the bus here, like, What'd you do if uh, she, uh, you know, solid, solid Negro? Brought him home. Ate your food. That's basically what it was like. <laughs> yeah. more drinks. So you would allow that? Is that, is that, is that, are you the type of agent? Are you the type of man that would allow that? Mm-hmm. And uh, like, what the fuck can you say in that position? With you know, the boss shit. of bosses is sitting there pretty much putting you in a corner. That like, statement yeah. would be a conflict in 90 sitcoms. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, <laughs> you could run those exact lines in Family Matters and, like, what do you mean I can't come over? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a special episode, Mark. <laughs> um, I will say of all the things that kind of drag the movie for some reason because we've already talked about everything that's interesting for the most part uh i wasn't too into uh fred hampton's wife's plot i mean it's pretty small and she i mean she's crucial she is crucial to the yeah. story i feel I'm, like she could have her own movie <laughs> like 
I feel like after, after everything happens, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. If you read her history, it's pretty fascinating. After that, now but, she could, yeah, definitely, yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, she. I don't think she was in there that much, and I think they put her in there sparingly enough. Uh, I get what you're saying. It is a couple of scenes. I'm like, oh, you probably could have cut that yeah, one out. She yeah. like, she's a major part of his life, but because you know he died so young, and it was so like soon after he met her that she kind of feels like a side note to his life and not like the actual like big part of it that she really was uh and i mean that you remember in the nwa movie that uh they introduced his wife and then they just never mentioned it again i was like oh yeah he had a kid and (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of what that's true yeah, <laughs> that did make that movie a little bit tighter, though. You know, I don't <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of because she is the one you. I know what she's doing. She's there to build the tension. She's there to raise the stakes, especially with the way the movie concludes. But it's still one of those things where it's just like you're kind of not adding too much. Like that, she's just there, and there's people in a shootout with the police. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's, that's, I, I think you froze there for a second. Did we didn't catch that. Yeah, we didn't catch that. Okay. Oh no, I was just saying, like, she's just there as a character, and then we have people getting shootouts with the police, people trying to figure out if they're going to make uh, ends meet. You know, I mean, people worried about their position in society, like, and she's just kind of there, like, just yeah. I, maybe she, I guess she, maybe she needed more to do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she's almost like an observe, almost like an avatar for the audience in a, in a couple of ways, and. I mean, yeah, like I said, that's such a great actress too. Like Dominique Fishback, like she's really good, but they didn't give her much to do. And whatever they did give her to do, I think she did great. And uh, I think she was, I think she was fine um, yeah. for what she was, like you said, for what she was trying to achieve. Right. I didn't really feel strongly one way or the other. Um, to to me, it was like, and which what it does do is give you enough information to where you look her up afterwards, where she just becomes way more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, but I also want to say like <laughs> this movie, uh, not, not intent, no, intent, like almost like hopefully reinforce, like I, I joke around by saying it um, sometimes, but reinforces that man, sometimes the worst enemy to black people is black people. Yeah, <laughs> very true. That was my not the move. Like that was not my not to move. That was the one thing where I was like, I got, I got feelings on this because it's so true. It's true, but I didn't want it like this. You don't want it portrayed like that's something we keep in house, TJ. That's something we kind of keep in house, and it's like we don't want you to have that ammo. You know, this is our issue. We need to sort that out amongst Mate, us. And yeah, yeah, I get it, but it's true. It's true. You know? That's what's true of almost every revolutionary movement. And then there's some smug white guy out there like crabs in a bucket. Just yeah, that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like just it's just like ammo or fuel. And it's like, no, you're missing the point. Like it's faults in every fucking part of society. Every group in society, there are faults. You motherfuckers just ransacked the capital. Like <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, none of that shit. Like every every group has their faults and yeah i mean this this movie Black shows people, we just like to make sure not all of us succeed sometimes sometimes you know? hey we look out some of them look out for number one and number one only fuck a cause teacher is this 
Look it out for Hey, me. hey, whoa. Well, I thought that was very targeted. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> this is, hey, I know that I'm like that one. <laughs> like I'm like that one dude in one night, all right? But <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think you are. I don't think you are. <laughs> no, I mean, it was just like I, I was telling my friend um and he's not a black he's not a black dude but i was telling him i was like yeah man uh you gonna hate i was like you gonna hate the cops you gonna hate um you're gonna hate uh just the system you're gonna hate black people i don't you're like well he was like what i was like trust me you won't be like, this is really what happened and i was like yeah then you're gonna look it up and find out it's worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very much, very much no. so. But I mean, there's so many strengths to this movie, right? Um, even with some of the things that draw back, I, if I had to like pull a criticism, I guess I would say, yeah, um, no, I, I, I was gonna say maybe the time felt long, but it really didn't to me. Everything felt necessary. Like, I didn't feel like there was a real, a really much a misbeat. Oh, my bad. Only thing I would say is it kind I guess with the plot line with the wife, that was like the cheesiest it felt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah I get you. Like, like, if I had to pick cheesy moments, like that felt like it was the cheesiest. Outside of that, like, this movie was excellent. And and it's just Black Sim keeps crushing the shit. <laughs> oh, we've been killing it. Hey, look. They- uh, everything with the Black Lives Matter movement, George Floyd, all that protest shit, they like green lighting every goddamn black script in Hollywood <laughs> right now. And this is the product of that. This whole year that you've been kind of seeing is somewhat of a product of that shit. In that, yeah, we had, I lost, I lost track of all the fucking excellent ass black movies. TJ, Marco, JJ, if the Oscars were honest this year, it would be nothing but black movies that would be like. <laughs> nominated for best picture technically because i mean you look on uh rotten tomatoes yeah you look on rotten tomatoes the highest rated movies thus far are black a black movies one night in miami this uh the five bloods like it's a shitload i'm I'm missing some it's so goddamn many of them it's a great time for black cinema man and it's this is just one more just nothing but black movies and sonic the hedgehog that's it. That's all we need. That's it. That's the sass of black people. So you know what? He does. I mean, his look and everything was inspired by Michael Jackson. So yeah, very true. I guess, man, if I had a criticism, oh, fuck, I really, I, it's hard to find one, man. Because I, when I went into this movie, I was expecting more of a historical biopic. This shit is a fucking thriller. That's weird what it is. Like it from jump from the opening scene to the last fucking scene, it's a thriller. That's what it is, and that's how it's paced, that's how it's structured, and I think that was its strength to me. Its main strength was that fact. So, yeah, I guess if I did have a criticism, yeah, some of those scenes with him and his wife, like, you needed those scenes to, you know, humanize and all that stuff, because you only see one side of Fred Hampton. That's just being a bad motherfucker throughout the whole fucking movie, basically. It was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta, you know, we can't just mythologize, you know, right. make it this is mythical you know, legend here. We have to humanize them in a way. So I think it was necessary, but it did kind of seems different for me a little bit. That's a small, small fucking criticism, man. This movie was excellent and essential, I think. I just as uh, so this is going to be the part where we just get into spoilers because uh, we've actually said everything there is to say about the movie uh, yeah. besides our final thoughts, and that's just uh, 
I'm glad we got to talk about this ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're about to do. I, I'm glad that I spent the whole movie like clutching a pillow, like because it's like I know what happens. I know what happens, and then we it got makes it end. worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we got to the end, and I'm like, oh, great, they didn't show it. Like, yeah, you, you get to <laughs> you get to feel it, but I would I don't know why I thought maybe because yeah, I, I did get a horror movie vibe that it was like they were they were gonna be graphic about it. Like, I felt they were gonna be too, and I'm like I'm like oh please don't show it because I mean if you don't know how Fred had, it's fucked up the whole thing is fucked up. Basically, he's drugged, which I mean I guess if you want to be that optimistic, like well he didn't feel pain, you know he didn't, but still. Like the fact that first he's drugged and then basically the feds and the cops bust in and do their whole cop thing, obviously. And like, oh, he's knocked down the bed completely unconscious. They take his wife out and all you see is her face and her reaction to what's happening. And and to me, like you, Marco, you don't see that part of it, like the graphic violent part of it. But her reaction, I thought that was so fucking perfectly done so the way they did she- it. Uh, I don't know if it's true that the drugs came from a pimp. I, I don't know how to even yeah, look no, that part. They, yeah, no, that part is is somewhat fictionalized. It's what the writer feels happened. Uh, so they don't oh, know how he was okay. drugged, so but was he was not... drugged. Yeah, he was, in fact, drugged, but they don't know how, in fact, he was drugged. Okay. Yeah. And then it is true. I mean, of all the fucking horrific things that you can hear in those COINTEL files, uh, his wife covered his pregnant wife covered yes. him from a lot of the, the, the so he wasn't really hit and then it was like oh the cops walk in afterwards and it's like it looks like he's gonna make it no he's yeah. not because that that was part of the ballistics i was say, saying earlier is like he was shot from a downward angle that's not something that happens in a right. shootout right yeah yeah <clears throat> uh tj we're on uh a f- spoiler final thoughts i mean anything that you got to add about the ending um it's not a i mean so like i tried to go in as blind as possible didn't know anything about fred hampton um outside of that he died um and you know so i was just like okay i can see where this is going you know um you know because it has to end somewhere not not Uh, as um Not as relevant, but somebody is saying that we have the perfect evolution of mustaches between us. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go, TJ, me, Marco, yeah. (laughs) Even my final form. Um, damn, I do look like I got a five o'clock shot. That's really weird. Um, (laughs) um, yeah. Um, I think that, like, even if you know what's coming still doesn't help it um, doesn't it doesn't especially since they do such a great job of like when you leave this movie i don't think there's a soul that wouldn't like fred hampton right um frank hampton excuse me um but like it's it's poignant um i like how they explained the truths near the end and and kind of gave some additional context um it makes you think and you wander off and and uh and I do think this is a more it can go under the gaze of a more um, open film that everybody should view um, so that they can get smacked in the face learning that it's 
It's not just some basic black movie, right? It's going into layers with it. Um, I think it like it's not it's surface not it's, I don't want to say it's surface level, but it's presentation. Like if you look at a trailer, you look at some clips. Like you could disguise this to be like, hey, it's like a black empowerment movie, but like everybody, you know, it's it's, it's your baby's first one, and then it can hit you in the face with the truths. Um, so that's something I do like about it. Um, but no, nah, I think that it's a fantastic film. Um, I'm gonna. Need, I don't need no like if we can we keep this black cinema train going. As long as Perry, I don't need you. <laughs> Get that um, motherfucker out. Just let people use his studio. Richest studio out, Tyler Perry. And you just re- fucking retire. We don't need uh, you anymore. <laughs> I didn't know he had a show on BET right now. <laughs> JJ, he has a show on BET, Netflix, TBS. This motherfucker's everywhere. I'm sure. Oh, own oh, Oprah's network. Stop this motherfucker from putting shit out, please. We have actual good artists out there that are putting significant, important things out. Tyler Perry, go fuck yourself somewhere, man. We don't need you, man. We don't. I respect you as a man, not as an artist. You suck. Go away. Go with Zack Snyder somewhere. Y'all do whatever. I don't care. You suck at directing. Go away. I've only seen Tyler Perry in Star Trek when he's like a he's great. I like him as an actor. <laughs> if he's not playing my dear, yeah. If he's not playing my dear, I love him as a fucking actor. But yeah, man, just he sold us out. But whatever. That's a whole different thing. Somebody needs to make that movie. But <laughs> Tyler Perry, uh, Tyler Perry would definitely be a William O'Neill. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> not a I doubt. Not to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. And speaking of which, good segue, TJ, for like William O'Neill's ending, because that shit kind of hit me a little bit too. Because I didn't, you know, we know, we all know Fred Hampton, you know, well, at least some of us knew how that yeah. ends. I, I didn't, I had no clue how William O'Neill's story ended. And then when they hit you with the truth. Oh, that was not a good freeze. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's almost poetic in a way. It really is. Like, it is legitimately almost poetic how he ends, you know? And if you don't know, it's spoiler. Uh, he gives it one interview. He only gave one interview. And it was for a documentary, Eyes on the Prize 2, which I remember seeing those fucking infomercials late at night when I was a child. Had no idea this shit was in it. But despite that, uh, he only gave one interview in which, like, I watched the interview. I don't know if anybody else did. But I went and looked it up on YouTube. It's kind of everywhere now. <laughs> It was hard as fuck to find before this movie, but now, you know, it's a million videos on YouTube with the whole interview. It'll, it'll be on Netflix next month. Oh, for sure. They'll make a documentary. But, like, the thing is, watch that interview. I highly recommend you watch that fucking interview because it's a weird thing, like, with him to where he's almost, as he's speaking, he's talking, trying to convince, it seems like himself, of some of the things he's saying, trying to justify what he was doing. It's the in-between, man, the in-between him answering things. I think is the most fascinating shit because you can see it in him. You can fucking see the conflict in him and the guilt in him. And even though he's trying to tell you, uh, tell the interviewer, you those moments, those small silent moments, you can easily see like this motherfucker is fucked up. He's racked with guilt, racked with fucking guilt. And then you find out the night the interview premiered, he killed him. A movie clearly like it's only so much a, a part oh shit Uh-oh. it's is tommy freezing yeah i can i can still hear you oh okay so tommy's frozen we're, we're 
He's monologuing and we can't hear him. <laughs> um, I just want y'all to know he's saying very inspirational things. I can't hear him, but that, I'm imagining he's saying very inspirational. This is the Forrest Gump moment where <laughs> speak about the war in Vietnam. And then. <laughs> By the way, Forrest Gump, probably the only other movie I can name off that has Black Panthers in them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's another one. All right. Well, in that case, uh, jump into Funnel Ratings. I highly recommend this movie. Hope we get more stories about CoinTelPro. Hope we get more stories about uh, Tommy's back. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, it gets the highest rating of anything I could give. Just uh, even if you didn't even give a fuck about uh, the revolution through any way, it's well acted. Cinematography is beautiful, which is something that. We didn't even get to talk about because of how much plot this movie is has. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of story in it for sure. Uh, so yeah, man. I look. I don't know if I, I you know the whole question because my favorite movie so far is you know One Night in Miami. It was all just a question like I know one of these two movies is gonna overtake the other. It didn't make me think as much as One Night in Miami did, but it it entertained me more. And yeah. it made me feel some kind of way a little bit more. That's more, you know, I don't want to say more relevant, but it's, you know, police brutality is pretty fucking relevant. So, I mean, just that kind of hit me more. It was the hits. Like, this movie hits you. It's not just like just subtly makes you think like One Night in Miami. It just fucking smacks you in the face with shit and makes you kind of confront it. And I like that a little bit more. So, like, by this much, I think I like this movie more than One Night in Miami, but uh, yeah, it, it would get my highest rating. We don't have a system, I don't think, but yeah. No. We, yeah. we need to figure that out soon. We but... really need to get a system. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is that uh, before we did uh, Black History Month, it was TV show, movie, episode. So yeah. at, going out of this, it might, I mean, outside of finishing WandaVision, I mean, it's up to Tommy, it's your show, but um, I don't know. Uh, Coming to America 2 comes out next month. After that, oh, HBO and Disney drop all these movies. Like, it's... We're Netflix finally... dropping shit every week now. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're yeah. finally out of the sluggish January. Like, I guess we do Cobra Kai. Like, we're, <laughs> we're out of it now. Like, we can yeah. review, like... There's They're a coming movie. at us pretty quickly now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're on Final Thoughts. Uh, TJ, you, we haven't heard, like... Uh, well, TJ and JJ, who wants to go next? I got it. All right. I'm sorry. I'm not going last. My bad. <laughs> but um, nah. Movies, movies, fantastic. It's gets uh gets my highest recommendation as well. I think I'm the opposite of Tommy. Um, I don't know if this one observed one night for me. Um, not because this one didn't pack the punches, more so because. I describe this. I'm the finesse that One Night has is still the most impressive. Like it is that I gave you. It 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 just has finesse with it um, that not a lot of movies have to deliver a message. Um, this one definitely gives you your message, and and it's a great message, and and most and I vibed with it the entire way through. But it ain't hiding it. Um, it ain't giving you perspectives. It's giving you. It's it's telling you that this is what it is. Um, <laughs> Well, it's almost based on a true story or something like that. But maybe that's why. And that's and you know that's very fair. Like um, that's the other thing that point in its favor. Like it's 
it's it's based on a true story and like you know of course they took some what is it uh creative properties but ultimately the film itself was um ultimately the film itself was uh based in in fiction or well, non-fiction right yeah non-fiction excuse me so but yeah uh i mean it doesn't matter like i'm not gonna compare like these movies are great this movie's fantastic I, I've made it a mandatory viewing for people who are in my friend group and want to hang out with me. If they want to spend, if anybody wants to spend time with me or wants to talk to me or wants to give me, I said, this is your mandatory Black History <laughs> Month viewing. Like, you cannot leave this month without watching this movie. Um, do one for the Black people um, and, and get yourself educated on this. Uh, but yeah, uh, high recommendation. Definitely something that I want to rewatch. Not anytime soon but <laughs> definitely something i want to rewatch cuz it's also one of the ones where it's 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 also one of those powerful films that is rewatchable or at least in my it opinion just it's not 12 years a slave yeah yeah you can rewatch this one like this one you're like mhm like i would just i want to man um Kalu's performance as as Fred Hampton's just so good like i want to listen to these speeches again can I, can I, I did actually have one little more criticism. Was I the only one who found it hard to understand what the fuck he was saying half the time? No. <laughs> <laughs> I kept checking to see if there was a captioning or subtitles. I was like, oh, no, wait, this is a, like, in theater release. So, of course, it's not going to happen. Yeah, because uh, I listened to the real Fred Hampton speak. I'm like, that, he was eloquent as fuck. <laughs> I can't understand everything Daniel Kaluuya is saying. Like it took me a bit. It took me a minute to get used to it, but eventually. Yeah, you have to get used to it. But yeah, it, yeah that is something that, like, look, you're you're gonna have to get used to it if you're, <laughs> if you're not used to hearing people talk like this. And seeing as how we're like forty plus years from yeah. <laughs> when the movie takes place, people don't talk like this no more. Right. Uh, right. Um, uh, I mean, I had subtitles, so. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, movie's great. High recommendation. JJ, on to you, boy. Uh, I mean, yeah, high praise all around. Same. Uh, just the highest rating I could probably give it. Uh, we don't have a rating system. But uh, <laughs> today I was uh, talking to some of my coworkers about it. Like, a, you know, we have our little own separate group chat amongst ourselves. And they were like, oh, I saw the little things. It was great. It was fantastic. I was like, have you guys seen Judas and the Black Messiah? Because we can't be friends if you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... That's, that's the highest rating. We can't be friends. Unless... <laughs> <laughs> we can't be friends if you don't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, or haven't seen it. But uh, yeah, uh, one thing that we haven't really touched on, because this movie hits on like almost every single level the cinematography for this movie is fantastic oh dude it is whoa. gorgeous reverse back that shoot. shot <laughs> yeah movie that beautiful. shot when when bill o'neill comes into the office after it's been ransacked when the fbi first searches it that shot like fucking gave me flashbacks of when i worked at the casino because i can't tell you how many times i walked into the back office and was like ah fuck (laughs) (laughs) and that's how i felt like that same feeling of dread oh did i freeze (laughs) no no we got you (laughs) okay (laughs) that same feeling of dread uh that bill o'neill must have felt 
like walking in like oh shit oh shit oh shit that's how i felt like coming into work some days (laughs) (laughs) it's a beautifully directed movie and i think the director shaka king i think this is his first like feature film i think i could be wrong Mm -hmm. but no it's it's fucking amazing like if i I know some award show has an award for first time directors that motherfucker has that like it's yeah easily He swung for the fences and knocked it out of the park. Like, oh, this man. Is, this is his uh, first movie. He's done a few episodes before this for TV. Yeah. That's but yeah, impressive. Uh, what was it? Um, not to take your shine, JJ, but I definitely came out of one night with my nose up like, ain't no way I'm going to see some tough be like this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that first, um, first shot. Yeah. Amazing. That set the that set the tone for me, and I was like, okay, oh yeah, I know that I'm in good hands. This is gonna be an amazing trip. And I think that um, the one shot that they highlighted in the trailer that I that I really think is so is awesome. Whenever he, whenever they do the uh, eye pan, and he just turns around and like um, and he meets the eyes, and he's like, yo, I'm here to talk to y'all guys. And I love. There's so many moments that the caption, like the, that the the way that they shot it makes it elevated versus what's just being portrayed, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. oh, man, we didn't even, damn, we didn't even get to talk on that. Good point, James. We didn't. And then, <laughs> since we're doing I mean, that real quick, let me, let me point out my favorite fucking scene. It's, man, like like I, I mentioned the scene in One Night in Miami that was my favorite when Sam Cooke is singing with no mic. I thought that scene, I still think that scene's so fucking amazing. A scene that rivals that shit is Fred Hampton speaking in the church when he just walks up the steps and all you see is just all these, Black Panthers and black people, and then at the end of his speech, just raises up the one fist, and it's just a back shot of him, and you just see him raise up his fist, and then you see everybody else raise it. I thought that, it gave me fucking chills. I love that scene. I mean, if we're gonna praise the cinematography and things like that, I just have to say that this is a drama. Like at the at its heart of it, it has better action scenes than probably any of the action movies I've seen in two sure. years. That's like, that amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's multiple action. What the fuck am I saying? It's a it's a couple of fucking. Well, both yeah. shootouts with the cops. Yeah. So the one with the the one character, the one with the at the the stronghold. Like they're both shot amazingly, yeah. amazingly, man. And they are both tense as fuck too. Like mm-hmm. like I said, I compared it more to a thriller. It is a drama. Uh, you're right. Technically, I feel like yeah, it's definitely more of a drama, but it instills so many thriller elements to keep you so invested and interested. Like if you feel like this is a boring, it's not at all a boring movie in any way, shape or form. It will, it will hook you. You will be on the edge of your seat throughout the whole thing. Even if you know how it ends and it's just so well done, man. So that's the other thing too. Like, I don't feel like necessarily knowing the history will take anything away from the movie. No, no. Like Mark knew it and, and it, if anything, it heightened it for him. And for me, when the shoe was like starting to drop and I realized where this was going, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. now, oh, no. now I have like this extra level of dread because I know where it's going. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it edged out one night in Miami for me, just mostly on the fact that it's it's based on a true story. So like, history is something that's always very interesting but also something that i think today a lot of people take for granted and that that old expression always rings true those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it so i'm really glad this movie exists just like 
period. <laughs> this movie has to... Th- this story has to be told. Yeah, for sure. That's why I said it, it's essential. It's You should watch... If you watch Malcolm X, Spike Lee's Malcolm X, which is fucking amazing, one of my all-time favorites, you should backdoor with this shit. Like, honestly... Like uh, Black History Month, this is what it's about. This learn it. It's not called Black Month. It's not called Black Pride Month. It's called Black History Month. Learn the history you don't know because it's fucking tons of it. It's like a whole nother book. <laughs> it's two American history books. It's regular American history and it's Black American history. And it's just as much for Black American history as it is for regular American history. That that's something that I didn't really hit on with uh, the One Night in Miami review with. I, 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 segregation hit like so hard that even in my brain, those histories are segregated. Like when there's that one part where uh, Sam Cooke and Malcolm X are playing records and he's like, he plays the Beatles and I'm like, oh shit, that's right. They existed at the same time. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that happened to me too. And I was listening to like Bob Dylan and shit. And I'm yeah. like, oh, God damn. Oh, that is around the same time. Like you're right. And it, it's weird and it's very jarring. Because I think that's just the way we all are built as Americans. Like, it's two separate histories almost. Because it should be one. We all know it should be one. But it's not. Like, I, we know more about, you know, white people in America. We know anything about black people in this in this country that shaped it and innovated it and did things. I, I think whenever history gets too out of the status quo, they don't, like, like we have to talk about Martin. Out of all the figures that came out of um, this period... We, they choose Martin Luther King for a reason, and then they still leave a lot of Martin Luther King's speeches and things yeah. out. A riot is the sound of the unheard. Like, they leave that shit out for a reason. He had some fantastic <laughs> speeches, man. Like, really great speeches. Some that even rivaled I Have a Dream. And no, because that's the thing, man. Black history conflicts with white American history. They conflict with each other. And that's the part. That's why it's left out. It should be left in. If it if it's left in, like JJ said, if you know your history, you 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 know if you don't, you're doomed to repeat it. If you do, okay, you need it all in context. But this country doesn't do that because we want to have this whole, you know, the founding fathers, you know, the great presidents, this, that, and the other. Most of them sucked. Most of them did. <laughs> they did some good things, sure, but most of them did fucking suck. And that takes away this this whole grandiose, you know, uh, image of them. If you felt like Jed Gahuva had how many schools and buildings named after him, still has fucking buildings named after him. People thought he was a fucking hero for the longest time. It's like, no, he was probably the biggest piece of shit next to Hitler almost. Like, he fucking was terrible. And that's the thing. Our history conflicts with regular white American history. And that's when that shit's got to change. If that doesn't change, then, you know, we kind of are kind of fucked, you know? And I think that's a good top point to end this review which it was like i love this topic i love this movie and i remember going into it we had a conversation in our chat that was like why don't they make more movies about this and i was like because it ends with no happy end like there is very few of them do end with happy ending actually none of them end with happy ending well guys um I think that'll close out Judas and the Black Messiah for now. If you haven't seen it, please do. We um, can't be friends if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as popular requests from the snowstorm, 
we will be reviewing the trailer, I guess, expectations. Uh, this is going to, I don't think it'll be very long. I'll play the trailer and then we'll talk about, uh, I guess, what we hope to see when the uh, when Mortal Kombat comes out. <laughs> Y'all want my opinions on this one? Oh, that bad. Play it, Marco, roll it. Y'all want my opinion. <laughs> All right. First learned about this seven years ago on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. Sold. I'm in. <laughs> it had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. A dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. Mortal Kombat. These are your champions. I'm Sonya. That's Kano. I'm Liu Kang. Thanks, Jax. Kong Lao. Lord Raiden. The fate of Earth is in our hands. No matter how many of my people you put in the ground, we will not fail. Kill them. <laughs> all right so this is uh, gonna be hot look, garbage but i'm going to love every single second no. of it you bite your tongue jj you bite your tongue this will be the best video game movie ever made you mark i don't know man words. sonic 2 is on the horizon <laughs> and if, it, if it has knuckles in it then yeah maybe but it's gonna have tails <laughs> See, I don't give a fuck about Fuck that fucking two-tailed fox. Yeah, I was a Knuckles dude, man. But anyways, like, no, look, man. This, from the trailer alone, gives you every goddamn thing you want in a Mortal Kombat movie. Everything you want. It does. It, it, that's yeah. just the trailer. That's a fucking trailer. If they do this shit for an hour and a half straight, I'm happy. That's all. The bar is not set very high. It's just, you do everything I, mean, I saw in that trailer. I want to see at least 15 fights 
Do it in the style what, of Mortal what, Kombat. What are we crazy fatalities. 25 years of, of video game movies and Mortal Kombat 1 is still... It's still reg- no, Sonic is, technically, now. But it's, oh, yeah. how long did it take? How long did it take? To be like, okay, I mean, Sonic Detective Pikachu was also good. No, no. <laughs> if they would have made it a Pokemon movie, maybe. But they did that weird shit. I don't like Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Detective Pikachu pisses me off, a matter of fact. I'm glad you brought that up, JJ, because they got beat with that movie. It gives you snippets of what you really wanted to see, which was a Pokemon movie. That's what I wanted to see. And you sit here and show me that, oh, you CGI'd all of our favorite Pokemon, and you're doing this stupid mystery shit that's not even a mystery. I figured it out fucking 15 minutes in the goddamn movie. <laughs> it's like... You wasted I all of this. I wanted Danny DeVito to be Pikachu. That was, that was my <laughs> He would have been the perfect voice for Pikachu, I think. I agree with that. Fuck Ryan Reynolds. I don't need Ryan Reynolds' voice for Pikachu. Danny DeVito, I think, would have been a great Pikachu. But no, that disappointed me. I feel like this movie looked at that movie even. and was like, yeah, they probably should have just done more Pokemon fights, threw Ash in there somewhere. People probably would have liked it a little bit more. Probably would have made it killing. You know what? Fuck it. We're going balls to the wall with this shit. What do people want? Whatever they want, that's what fatalities. Just fatalities. Fatalities. Everywhere. The most violent fucking shit ever. That's what they want. This fucking trailer showed you that. And it's like, what the fuck? What Jack's losing his arms? That's what... <laughs> I mean, they've read Cond a lot. Johnny Cage isn't in this movie. That's okay. Yeah. I'm good with that. You know how many characters in Mortal like Kombat? Dude or whoever the fuck it's supposed to be. No, and see, look, that was a problem. I, when I was reading the description before this trailer came out, and they were like, okay, we're going to have this character, Cole Young. He's going to be an, he's going to be us, basically, thrown right. into this world. And I'm like, I don't like that. Make Liu Kang or Johnny Cage the main character. But seeing this trailer, I like that more. You know why I like that more? Because I feel like this movie is going to do some shit like Luke Kane can yeah get fucking killed at any point. <laughs> Jax can lose at any point. Sonya can lose at any point. You're looking at it from that point of view. None of them are the main character. So when these fights happen, you don't fucking know what's going to happen. Maybe he wins, maybe he loses. No way all these fucking characters are going to live. It might only be fucking one left. It might just be Cole left. And it, I like that because that's more indicative of the game. It's like, yeah, like, fuck, it, man. It just depends on if they think they're going to get a sequel or not. If they're not going to get a sequel, it's like, oh, yeah, we lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shao Kahn is the ruler now. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like, look, see, if there's a sequel, Johnny Cage, I'm almost guaranteed to be in it. So, you know, things like, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm perfectly content with that because they gave me what I truly wanted which is Sub-Zero and Scorpion fucking fighting. And that looked well, amazing. That's why we don't have Johnny Cage in the movie. They wanted to focus on the focus Asian on characters. The, yeah, and I like that. Yeah, <laughs> you, like you've the... been really quiet. <laughs> I feel like TJ wasn't too fond of this. I mean, it's there. It's cool. Uh... <laughs> it's all right. Like, I mean, people lose their goddamn mind. I was like, the get over here was kind of weak. Um, it's a little no, no, Time out, TJ. Hold that thought. Time out. What the fuck did you want? He said it. That's all he says. He, <laughs> his fear. he says, weak. Get over here. That's it, it. it sounded off. I didn't what like you it. Want to say, <laughs> what you want to say? I didn't want him to say it. Oh my god, it was okay. Can you do it better? Get over here. Get over here is very iconic. Like, like <laughs> it's got to be a little more gravelier. Like he didn't. Like he was. He was close, but he wasn't there. Right. Like 
I got, I asked for strawberry ice cream. Nigga gave me vanilla that was slightly melted. Okay, that's one. The movie, the movie started, it seemed it like, you know, it lined up at the end, which is kind of more what I want, but it seemed a little too serious for its own good at the start. Um, I don't like Johnny Cage not being in the movie. I think that's stupid. I think that, <laughs> yeah, I get it. You want more Asian characters. They can still be the focus and you can still have Johnny Cage. No, if you don't, if you don't focus entirely on Johnny Cage, there's no reason having him in the movie. He's one of the most prominent. Him, Liu Kang, uh, pretty much just those two. Honestly, Jax, of course. Those are kind of. And you know, we're like, look, like I'm just saying. Shout out to Billy's brother, by the way. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Young Brooks. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, but no, I mean, like, I like Liu Kang. I mean, I like like, Liu Kang, but um, yeah, Johnny Cage is super important. Uh, I mean, I get it. Like, if he's not the no, even if he's not the main character, because he, he kind of gets phased out in the most recent ones. And so, like, not phased out, but, like, he's not, like, he's the, the main, main character, actually. actually. Like, after yeah, MK9, like he became the... Him, Cassie, became the main... Almost. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, but, like... Which, I was, was, which is what it was I mean, supposed like, to be with the, these games being... the passing being... of the torch in the new... You know what I'm saying? Like, not... Yeah. Like, takes a backseat. I'm just saying that, you know, it was a little too serious... I'm miss I'm missing I'm missing one of my favorite characters in it. Um I guess I mean it doesn't look, I'll give you one it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look cheap, which is nice. Does not does not look cheap. Um see how these fight scenes go. Oh wait, Kano's laser kind of looks lame. But hey, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I, I will say that the CGI isn't great. Like because they get the Terminator hands. Goro looks terrible. Yeah, CG and out a mustache. So, <laughs> I feel like no. What is it? Sub Zero stuff looked fine. Um, I think Sub Zero is gonna have like the best scenes. To yeah, be honest, that's what they're, that's what they're doing. <laughs> I did not like the way Jax's hands looked. They didn't look like hands. It was weird. Looked like kind of. Bla- they, I think they did the ice effects first, and they didn't realize how much it was gonna cost. They still um, got a couple of months to, to clean it up, you know. We always say that, right? But unless you Sonic, you ain't going back to fix something like that. <laughs> it um, worked for them. So we well, gotta start okay. cyberbullying Mortal Kombat. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> you you know I, I want more. I'm hoping they lean more into the tone of what we got at the end of the trailer. Where it's a little humorous, intense, <laughs> right? Like because that's what Mortal Kombat is. This series is just one giant, over-exaggerated B movie every single time. I mean, it's a combat to that. Like you ain't ever really worried about the stakes for these people. I mean, because you're gonna get one iteration in the very next game, so you're good, right? So play it up. Have fun with it. That's really what I want. If if they have fun with it, know that people unironically love that first movie. Don't play too many homages to it, but do some sprinkles and, and give some passion and fix the get over here. You know, oh, no, you keep the get over here. It was perfect. It was not. <laughs> it was kind of weak. It and wasn't that, oh, it, I want over the top. I want a nice subtle get over here. You know, no, like, <laughs> but it didn't sound like like. But hey, the actor was trying his best. Uh, great actor. <laughs> So, I give it a um, C, C minus, C plus, something like oh. C, C in the C range. So I, I looked at Kano. 
Because I thought it was the dude that played the boomerang guy in Suicide Squad. No. That's and apparently, uh, like, the only big thing this dude has ever done is Anchorman 2. And I didn't see Anchorman 2, so I can't help with that. Um, cool thing about looking up the movie, I found out Cabal's in it. Yes, he is. I, and if you look at the trailer closely, it looks like he's the one at the end of that fatality with uh, Liu Kang. If you look closely, it looks like Cabal is the one that's about to get that fire dragon. <laughs> that's what it looked like. And I'm saying I'm not a big Cabal guy, so I'm, yeah, let him die first. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck Cabal. <laughs> and see, I, see, like, there's so many kids. Like, I wanted Ermac. I love Ermac. He's, you know, maybe in it, maybe not. Is, sure. um, I couldn't tell. Is uh, Who's playing thought- Melina? Melina. Uh, oh. That's the girl that's the Valkyrie. In- Valkyrie, right? That's what yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to make sure because I was like going through that trailer. I was like, I think that's Valkyrie, but I don't know. Oh, no, Tessa Thompson? Is it Tessa Thompson? No, it's not Tessa Thompson. It's a, uh, I don't know who. who it looks like it's a, she does look a little like her. You have a couple of, un, you know, actors in this that you haven't seen, but really the Asian actors are like the more, more high profile actors in this. Okay, so I'm wrong. It's not Valkyrie. It's a girl named Sissy Stringer who's done like nothing. Yeah, she, like I said, it's, well, from the she, trailer, it looks like Valkyrie, right? It does. Yeah, yeah but she's she does a, look the, a lot like the girl that they got has only been in Children of the Corn, a remake, I guess. Oh, bro, best movie I've ever. No, I fucking don't know what the hell that is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you know what? Talking too much, y'all too. What? <laughs> We're done. We already said that. Like, uh, I mean, I, love, I, I don't I love like every bit of it. I don't like the CGI. Uh, that's the only thing, but that could be fixed. And then if it's not, I mean, I can deal with bad CGI. I just want to have fun, and it's not a very high bar. Like I will, I can still have fun watching Street Fighter, and it's a terrible, terrible movie. It's trash. It's not going to be as wait. bad as Annihilation. Like, no, <laughs> there's we don't no talk way about Annihilation. It's bad as Annihilation. We don't talk about it. It doesn't exist. The fucking ice, the, the ice sword was already better than Annihilation. So there's no way. The trailer was already better than Annihilation. But see, it's weird because, like, I guess I'm so passionate about this because the way Sammy feels about Street Fighter is how I feel about Mortal Kombat. Like, it's been a part of my life since I started, not since I started playing video games. I'm glad you like it. I love it, TJ. It's better than Street Fighter. Wrong person. I don't give a fuck about. Actually, I like Street Fighter, but um, I got. Hey, hey, Mortal Kombat's cool. It's cool. It's great. It's a legendary game, TJ. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making a movie about it. Like, I, it's just. I don't like the games that much. If I'm being honest, and I love of, fighting games. I've never liked Mortal Kombat. Really? You a Tekken guy? No, I'm. I'm traditional fighter. Um, I'm. Like Street Fighter, I've loved Virtual with. Fighter. <laughs> Soul Calibur, you know. No, not the 3D arena ones. Um, I'm a Tekken guy. Uh, <laughs> but like Mortal Kombat, like it's always felt too much. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what it's the over the topness that. No, no, but see, it. like the OG ones where like it was kind of over the top, but it was still in cool, like kind of cool pixel animation. Like I own the game. I own, I've owned almost every one because I'm a fighting game player. But yeah. Um, I maybe like, but the most recent ones they try too hard. And I'm just like, I don't like this. Like, just you ain't got to do all this. Like, hey, you know what? For people Enjoy. who like it, like this is to you. Um, I'm gonna give it a shot. Like, yeah. I'm gonna go in. I I like the series enough to own every game from it, so I'm gonna go in and and uh, 
and, and, and try and have my cheerful face on. But like I said, I, I yeah, ain't like I, I am twisting arm Sam's arm that that week. We're we're gonna review the movie. We're gonna ha- play the video game. <laughs> we're going to dress Mortal up Kombat like Mortal Kombat characters and fight in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am down for all, all of, of this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ninja already looks like a Mortal Kombat character. He just needs to gain more weight. <laughs> I can do that. Who's the? Yeah, you know which character. I forgot his fucking name, but yeah, he's. I'd never play. TJ All right, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> he's there. TJ's gonna I, show up. We're gonna spray paint his arm silver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bro, I never. Um, man, I, I mean, I was a basic bitch. Like, I'm coming. If I'm coming in to play more combat, I'm playing one of the ninjas. I'm playing Sub Zero, Scorpion. Noob, like one of the newer ones. Like I'm playing those characters. Yeah, so I always stuck with the ninjas. Like, yeah, Smoke was my guy. Because they're cooler. Come on, they're the best. Fuck, and they fuck did... cyborg. By the way, I hate the cyborgs. I'm not a fan of them. Oh, I like the that they just changed the cyborg yeah. ninjas. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan <laughs> of the cyborg dope. ninjas. <laughs> they were okay. <laughs> they were great in, in Mortal Kombat three because that was the first time you saw them and you were like, oh, this is badass. But like Mortal Kombat eleven, you're like, okay, I'm done with them. They I don't think they're in eleven. Oh wait, yeah. Oh, they're not. Prostin, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I'm just, I'm not a fan of cyborg ninjas, but yeah, you can't beat the classics. Scorpion, Sub Zero, you golden. I like that Scorpion's the good guy in this, or it looks like he's going to be the good guy in this. (laughs) He's supposed to be the good guy. that's That's something that a lot of people forget. If you read the story in one. He's yeah. the good guy, and Sub Zero's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah. then, but remember, Sub Zero had his own origin too, and you were like, "Oh, Sub Zero's kind well, of yeah." Cool. That was <laughs> after everyone was like, "Nah, Scorpion's a dick. Fuck that guy." Yeah, and, <laughs> and then the they made Sub Zero like, autocorrect. <laughs> like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> shit. Yeah, right. So I have no idea who's good or who's bad. All I know is those two have been fucking fighting for centuries, and what's the point? But I don't know. But I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm gonna give it a fair shake. I'm excited to see it. I, I, more video game movie attempts, the better. And you don't, I, you don't have to leave your home to see it, TJ. That has to be look, a little bit better. It could be great. It could be great. It could be, and even if it's bad, that's still okay too, right? Because I'm gonna get enjoyment out of it one way or another. But if it's shit, if it's actual garbage and it's not funny and it's a waste of time. Everybody hates it. I'm coming in and I'm pointing at you, nigga. I'm pointing at you. That's fair. And to counter that, I'm predicting 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> at the very least. This is going to be the John Wake of video game movies. That's, That's what, what I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess that about wraps up our reviews. Uh, this is going to be... Um, just putting you guys on the spot, and if you don't have it, you don't have it. Uh, topic for the weekend. Did anyone think of anything? Last week? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, top five, Nick. I don't do this to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're the smart one of this group. <laughs> Doc, um, it's also Tuesday. <laughs> we, did just get all, we did just get over the apocalypse, and my, you know, I haven't been right since. So yeah, give me a <laughs> <laughs> give me a little, give me a day. I'll have a subject for you tomorrow. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Well, guys, um, thank you all in the audience for coming to our review of Judas and the Black Messiah, as well as our review of Mortal Kombat. 
If you want to find me, you can uh, just type JLMarco62 into anything. I'll come up and I'll add you. You can be my friend. JJ, where can they find you? They can get that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can find me at SuperSaiyaJ on Instagram. I also have a Twitter, but it's confusing according to Sam. So, <laughs> TJ, where can they find you? TJ Mana, Instagram. If you look for me on Facebook, I will not press accept. <laughs> not you. I just don't want to be on Facebook. Unless it's for Martin's birthday. Happy birthday, Martin. Um, Happy birthday. What about you, Tom? Oh, Tommy McGrew art Instagram. I'm not on Facebook either. I hate it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in. Y'all have a wonderful night. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. Bye.